the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, January the 15th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today on January 15, 2020, one year ago today, Chinese officials said they couldn't rule out the possibility that a new coronavirus in central China could spread between humans. They'd been telling the world the last few days prior to a year ago today that no problem, don't worry about it. Today, though, one year ago, they said, well, there may be a possibility of this new coronavirus that came from a meat market. Uh, um, We now know it did not come from a meat market, but that it possibly could spread between humans. But they said the risk of transmission appeared to be very, very low. Today in 1862, the U.S. Senate confirmed President Abraham Lincoln's choice of Edwin Stanton to be the new Secretary of War, replacing Simon Cameron. It was a big dust-up over that interesting story there. Today in 1865, as the Civil War was nearing its end, Union forces captured Fort Fisher, that's, that's near Wilmington, North Carolina, it deprived the Confederates of their last major seaport, That was essentially the turn that ended the Civil War, historians say. Today, in 1892, the original rules of basketball. Basketball was a game that was devised by James Naismith. He he saw a lot of workers that just had a lot of spare time on their hand. They didn't know what to do with themselves at night after work. And so he came up with this, this game. It became known as basketball. But the rules were first published. Um, in Springfield, Massachusetts, today, in 1892. Today, in 1929, Martin Luther King Jr. was born in Atlanta. Today, in 1943, work was completed on the Pentagon, the headquarters of what was then called the U.S. Department of War. Now it's the Department of Defense. Today, in uh, 1974, the comedy Happy Days, premiered on ABC TV. Today in 2009, you'll remember this for sure, U.S. Airways Captain Sully Sullenberg, he landed his Airbus 320, his airplane, in the Hudson River, downtown New York, after a flock of birds disabled both engines. Remember that? He landed that airplane successfully right in the river, downtown New York, in the Hudson River. All 155 people on board survived. They got wet, but they all survived. One year ago today, House Democrat leaders ceremoniously carried the articles of impeachment against President Donald Trump across the U.S. Capitol. It was a formal procession to the Senate. It looked stupid and below lawmakers, but they did it. Nancy Pelosi. Pelosi shuffled out in front of them, carrying the papers over to the Senate to get rid of this president, to impeach him. The Senate did not confirm the impeachment. 
But now, 12 months later, Nancy Pelosi is standing in the wings with her hands full of papers, ready to ceremoniously carry them across to the Senate next week when they reconvene to impeach this president again in the last moments of his presidency. Franklin Graham tweeted something that I think bears repeating, tweeted it, or put it on Facebook, rather, yesterday. Franklin Graham expressed extreme disappointment in the 10 GOP lawmakers who sided with Democrats in impeaching President Trump for a second time. I talked about that for a moment on this program yesterday. I read the names to you. I won't go through the list again, but there were 10 of them, two of them, from Washington State, Dan Newhouse and Jamie Herrera-Butler. That's who he's talking to, and the other eight. He said, Franklin said, it makes you wonder what the 30 pieces of silver were that Speaker Pelosi promised for this betrayal. Pretty strong words from a man who is pretty grounded, pretty dependable, not easily misled. He said, shame, shame on the 10 Republicans who joined with Speaker Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats in impeaching President Trump yesterday. He said, all that he has done for our country, you would turn your back and betray him so quickly. And then Franklin went into a, a list of things that Trump has done for our country, specifically things he has done for the Christian community. Several of conservatism's finest minds. They're sounding the alarm. They're blowing the trumpet. They're they're saying, be aware, be informed regarding the assault on our God-given rights and freedom as leadership changes in America. It changes for the worst. It is a not a progressive election, not a progressive move. It's regressive. In fact, Some of them are characterizing the newly energized attacks as the electronic octopus because it's strangling the thoughts and the speech of an increasingly unfree America. I quoted from 1 Peter yesterday on this program. I want to quote not those verses, but different verses from that same chapter. 1 Peter 1, verse 6 through 9 I'm reading from the New King James Version. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you've been give, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible. The King James Version says, joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. The message from the Bible from God today is simply, just stand firm. Don't don't be blown away by what's happening in our culture. I see poll after poll after poll that says that our culture, the people in our culture today, are overwhelmed with grief, discouragement, confusion. Suicides are up. People are 
becoming depressed, they're medicating themselves, or they're drinking alcohol, trying to compensate for their depression, discouragement, confusion. Even Christians have been touched by this. We are in an unprecedented time, at least in recent history, perhaps any time, certainly since the Civil War years in our nation today. But just rest and rejoice with the joy that God puts in our hearts. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory, even in the worst of times, times that try the very soul of all of us. That's the day in which we are living now. But remember that God is in control. He knows what he's doing. And he's working all things together for his good and his glory, according to his purposes. And he's doing so in the lives of those who follow him and serve him and are in a personal relationship with his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. And I hope that you are one of them, not just religious, but I hope that you have accepted Jesus Christ into your heart. Otherwise, it's going to be a very, very rough several years ahead of us. As I said, some of the most conservative Christian minds in our nation, highly respected, are saying we need to turn on the light and button, batten down the hatches. Victor Davis Hanson is a gentleman, highly respected, a Christian and an intellectual. He wrote yesterday, two days after the 2020 election, a defiant Kathy Griffin, she's that comedian, a defiant Kathy Griffin retweeted the notorious picture of her holding a prop that looked like the bloody head of a de decapitated Donald Trump. Earlier this year, Iran's Supreme Leader Ayatollah Khomeini tweeted out a call to his followers to destroy Israel. Both tweets, Hansen says, passed the censorship rules of Twitter's 20-something judges in San Francisco. In contrast, Hansen notes that Trump has been banned for life from Twitter and barred indefinitely from Facebook, with Zuckerberg now saying it'll probably also be a lifetime ban. Why was this decision made? Well, they say, officially, due to the risk of further incitement of violence. And that's becoming the mantra of this octopus that is wrapping its tentacles around our free speech, our freedom of expression, due to the risk of further incitement of violence. That is almost the alma mater chant or the national anthem of the progressive movement. We're going to punish you. We're going to restrict you because there is the possibility that you might incite violence because of your beliefs if we allow you to speak. That's where we are today. After the November election, Democrats now controlling the House, the Senate, and the presidency after next week. Following the January 6th protest, the Capitol, where a splinter of the massive crowd illegally entered the Capitol building. The hatred for Trump is masked as love of country and righteous outrage. It's spilled over. It's now infecting every part of our country. They've seized the moment. 
anybody and everybody. This isn't about Trump. has nothing to do with Trump, really, except he is the most usable, the most available tool to use at the moment. Once they've disposed of him properly, in their minds, they'll move on to something and someone else. The outrage certainly includes removing Trump, who is still president of the United States from social media platforms for life, but it also involves others, ordinary people or other people who are in leadership, who are not saying the right thing, who are not thinking the right thoughts. Ordinary people across the nation are scared and they're angry. That's why we cling to our Bible as Barack Obama mocked us some years ago, calling us those people who cling to their Bibles and their guns. I'll accept that. I'm certainly clinging to my Bible, and yeah, I've got more than one gun. I've got quite a few of them, actually. I've been collecting them over the years. I suppose the media would call that a cache if they raided my house. I don't know. Never thought of it in those terms before, but used to like to go quail hunting and pheasant hunting growing up in the Yakima Valley deer hunting in the Cascades and elsewhere. Yeah, I've, I've got some guns, but I'm clinging to my Bible more than anything else. And Obama was right in saying that, although he meant it in a pejorative way. But those people across America, there's, there's fear. There's anxiety. And there's reason for it. It's not unfounded. If you are outside of the protection of God, and not in a personal relationship with him, that your life is in Jesus Christ. There's reason to be fearful. So ordinary people across the nation are fearful. But in near unison, Google, Apple, Amazon, they're removing the the social media platforms that people are running from, Twitter, Facebook, so on, for all the reasons we just said. Now they're going after the peop- the other lesser light platforms as people are moving to them. Google, Apple, Amazon, they've now pretty much killed Parler, which has not been a popular website, but it's been growing. All of a sudden, people started to go over there. Yesterday, it went dark <laughs> because Amazon controls so much of the web uh, business now in the world along with Google, Apple. I don't know that Facebook was directly involved in that, but you can bet they were cheering them on. Parler put out a news release yesterday and said they may not be able to come back on at all. It's interesting. It's interesting that Parler has now filed today a legal filing against Amazon. (laughs) That is truly David and Goliath on steroids. But they've filed this lawsuit, or it's a legal filing that's leading to a lawsuit, on this Amazon Web Services. They're saying in their filing that Amazon people repeatedly asked whether the president had joined or would join Parler now that he was blocked from Twitter and Facebook. And in this, basically it's a lawsuit that was filed uh, this week against Amazon Parler says the tech giant was, I'm reading from their file, the giant was motivated by political animus and violated antitrust law when it booted the social media platform from its web hosting service. 
But Amazon claims that it kicked Parler offline because of words on the platform might, uh, yeah, you know what it is, incite violence. That is, that is the mantra of the left now. Everything they do against free speech and freedom of expression is because, well, what you're thinking and saying might incite violence. I mean, it, these, these are unprecedented times in our country. In Parler's filing against Amazon, they said that Amazon, Amazon Web Services is this specific company, but Bezos owns it. They express no concerns with Parler's content moderation. They said they never even asked about it when they signed on to use Amazon's web services, which, as I said, most of the world is now using. And that's unknown generally by the public. That's frightening in and of itself. But they said they never questioned. Parler said they never questioned anything on our website. They, they had conservatives on there that were going off, and they had far-left progressives on there that were going off. They didn't have that many, but compared to other, Facebook and Twitter, but there was no concern about what was on there. And then all of a sudden, two days later, they say, Amazon knocked Parler offline, along with a large number of conservatives that had left Facebook and Twitter and migrated over there. They, Parler is saying that now they're repeatedly asking them, is Trump going to be on your on your platform? Is Trump coming to your platform? Is he planning to? They said repeatedly. And yet, and yet, Twitter has found no problem with one that with a statement that is trending now. Hang Mike Pence, a trending statement, meaning it's like through the roof. That's again, that's troublesome. That's the world we live in today. If they think that what you believe and what you might say could incite a reaction or incite violence, then they are taking the role as an emperor themselves over a kingdom to punish you in advance and silence you. That's where we are. Because Senator Hawley and Senator Ted Cruz questioned the authenticity of the 2020 election, Hawley has lost a book deal. He was probably counting on that. He's a young man with a with a wife and a little child, two or three years old. And he's probably counting on that to kind of give his whole life a boost to his family. I don't know what the numbers were. I don't know what they had offered him money-wise, but the book was ready to go. Simon & Schuster, one of the biggest publishers in the world, all of a sudden, because Hawley and Cruz were publicly questioning the authenticity of the 2020 election, they killed the deal. His book, his book was due out this week. Victor, uh, Vicki Osterweil wrote a book. It was titled In Defense of Looting to justify the theft and the property destruction that took place night after night after night this past year in the city, Seattle, Portland, Chicago. We know all the names of them. As that went on, she wrote this book explaining and justifying the illegal activity and the destruction on the Black Lives Matter and Antifa, mostly peaceful as they were always presented on the news, demonstrations night after night after night. 
while cities were burn, burning, dumpsters on fire, people running, tear, gra- tear gas floating in clouds through the streets. She was writing this book about why that was justified. That's different. That's different than conservatives doing something that is unacceptable. Her book was so well received, it was featured on national public radio to their national audience, and it was highlighted on these same platforms. You talk about a double standard. Madonna, just four short years ago when President Trump was elected and inaugurated, during the inauguration or shortly moments I'm talking about after, she was giving a speech in Washington, D.C., out on a platform. There were, I don't know, several thousand women there. She said, on video, you can watch her say it. She said that I am wanting to blow up the White House with the Trump family in it. Was she taken off Twitter? No, absolutely not. She has a right to free speech. Remember that rapper, Raz Simone? He was the guy that was kind of leading the Seattle's Capitol Hill. He was kind of the little emperor of Capitol Hill last summer. You're probably like me. You don't listen to rap music. I can't handle it, honestly. But he's pretty big deal among rappers, I guess. Pretty well known. Armed with his AK-47, he took over part of Seattle's Capitol Hill. And he declared it an autonomous zone. Remember that? And then they called it, I think in the end, they call in the beginning they called it CHOP and then they changed to CHAZ. But it was all about Capitol Hill and being autonomous. For weeks, his armed guards reigned over his little kingdom. While leftist mayor Jenny Durkin stood down, stood by, and called it nothing more than a summer of love. Only after at least four shootings and two deaths around Simone's kingdom did the progressives of Seattle take any action. It was neither prosecuted nor removed from social media. He's still there. He's going strong. And the lyrics of his song, titled Shoot at Everyone, are full of allusions to violence and racial slurs and stereotypes. The song's still on YouTube. You can listen to it. You can stream it on a lot of different platforms. Politicians are getting paid by we the citizens to run our country as representatives. But the big tech owns most of them, and those who take a stand, like Holly and Cruz have, are taken down, or they attempt to take them down. They want to control the flow of information. They also want to seize and have, to a degree, the moral authority over the culture. Victor Davis Hanson tells how over a century ago the same thing happened, But they didn't have the Internet, oil, railroad, telegraph, power industries. He said they all created huge monopolies. Some people, he says, likened the huge trust to octopuses whose tentacles strangled freedom. In reaction, he says politicians passed antitrust laws. However, today, the politicians, Wall Street, the media, academia, Hollywood, and professional sports are all on the same side, and they're all interconnected with these mega-rich tech cartels. That's the problem that we have today. And it's a very difficult problem. It's a, it's a concerning problem. That's why we need the joy of the Lord to be our strength. Harvard has announced yesterday that they're going to 
after Representative Elsie Stefanik, she's a Republican from New York, representative, after she agreed with Ted Cruz and Josh Howley and a few others that there may be some irregularities, some fraud in this last election, Harvard University, you know, our fountain of education and knowledge, their Institute of Politics Senior Advisory Committee, of which she served on, she said the students now, or they said, Harvard said, the students now are demanding that she be removed. And they did. They removed her from it because she thought there might be fraud in the 2020 election. Also, they're now demanding the students at Harvard that White House Press Secretary Kaylee McEnany, who is a devout Christian girl, she's the one that's been the press secretary, been there the last several months. But not only Kaylee McEnany, but Senator Ted Cruz and Representative Dan Crenshaw, that their law degrees be revoked. I don't think Harvard will do that. I mean, I, I can't imagine they can even do that. I don't know. I mean, they can inflict a lot of pain on these people, but I don't think they can reverse a degree once it's earned. But that's what's going on in Harvard. And according to the petition that circulated on campus, this move is in response to them spreading disinformation and mistrust and what they're saying, yeah, might incite a riot. Baseless claims, they say. (laughs) that there was voter fraud. You can't think the wrong thing now without the punishment and the wrath of the left coming down on you. Project Veritas, those people that have had investigated like Planned Parenthood and they have those videos of people talking about the most recent before what I'm about to tell you was that one where uh, doctors, there was a couple of doctors and other people that worked for Planned Parenthood were talking about how the whole selling baby parts, aborted baby, selling their parts was an industry. In fact, one was laughing about it while they were drinking wine, telling this guy. They didn't know who they were talking to. Well, those people, Project Veritas, they they released a video yesterday that's featuring Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey, the guy that has taken Trump off for life. He's talking about how social media censorship is, quote, on this video, and he doesn't know he's on video. He's saying it's not going away anytime soon. Dorsey says in the video that the company should be considering a much broader approach, how it manages conversations on its platform. He said, we're focused on one account now, Trump, but he said this is going to be much bigger than just one account. It's going to be, uh, it's going to go on for much longer than just one day, one week, or a few weeks. It's going to go on beyond the inauguration. He said, we have to accept that, um, we have to expect that we have to be ready for that. So he said, the focus is certainly on this account and how it ties to real world violence. But he said, also, we have to think in a much longer term how these dynamics play out over time. He said, I don't believe this is going away anytime soon. And the moves that we're making today around QAnon and the conservatives for instance, is one such example of a much broader approach that we should be looking at and going deeper on. And he goes on to expound on that. But that's where we are today. Our religious freedom, our freedom of speech is under attack. But I want to encourage you 
to stand strong in the Lord because God is in control. And thank you for your support. Have a good weekend. See you Monday.